Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Josh Carr Show. We have taken a little bit of a break. I went and traveled with my family this week. That's why I look a little more red, a little bit more tan. And so I'm happy to be back. Um, Hopefully it wasn't too long without videos. There was some news this week, and we're going to talk about it in just a second. But as always, this video is sponsored by Gulag America. Guys, as we approach, it is September. It's officially September. It kind of blew my mind. August went by so quick. September is really when fall begins to start. Gulag America is a partner of mine. If you use my code right now, JoshCar10, you will get 10% off at Gulag America Apparel. This is gulagamerica.com. They have great hoodies for sweater weather. They have slogans that are patriotic. They're not woke. They're awesome. And I'm going to be getting some hoodies as well as hopefully a custom-made Josh Carr Show hoodie that you're definitely going to want to check out. Again, that's Josh Carr 10 for 10% off. Get it for your friends and family if they love pumpkin spice latte weather just as much as I do. All right, everybody. The question on everyone's mind today <laughs> is, is COVID back? And we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about Ron DeSantis and his campaign a little bit, as well as what's going on with the hurricanes in Florida. Okay, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, satisfy your suspense really quick. No, COVID is not back. And I'll talk about why. I'll also talk about the motives behind what's going on with COVID. Um, basically, Joe Biden is the worst president in history. Most people listening right now, I assume you're going to agree with me on that. Um, so the name of the game at that point, because he's the worst president, because he's senile, because the ideas suck and they don't pan out. People are talking about Bidenomics. They're talking about the fruits of his campaign or rather the fruits of his presidency, and they're not panning out. So the name of the game then becomes distraction. That's the first two years of a presidency. You don't need to distract as much. You may need to satisfy and stupefy, kind of like Machiavelli talks about in The Prince, but you don't need to distract in the same way as you do when it comes to elections. Now, the 2024 election is in the forefront of most people's minds politically at this point. And the reality is, is most Americans, they, you know, you might like the news, you might listen to the show, but politics are not the most important thing in your life. The 2024 election is actually something that is important to people. And elections are becoming more and more important. They used to not be so life or death. But when you see the economic downturn that's happened right now, just like what happened in the 80s with Ronald Reagan, elections become actually really important. And you see record voter turnout as well as um, the polls indicate people are more involved in politics than ever because the quality of their life is going down. And so basically what's happening, because Joe Biden is such a train wreck, the name of the game is distraction. This is why we see indictments right next to, in the news cycle, we see the indictments of Donald Trump right next to investigations into Joe Biden's family. That They're not coincidences. They're trying to distract because just like in 2020, if there's no distraction, a Republican will most likely win because the ideas work. Donald Trump was not the perfect president. He's not my favorite politician, but his economic policy was working really well for Americans, especially the people who are voting for the middle-class Americans. And so when that's not panning out for Joe Biden, you have to distract. Like in 2020, we had a distraction with COVID. A lot of it was surrounded by COVID. You also had the FBI colluding with Twitter, making it so the Hunter Biden laptop story didn't happen. These were all distractions. The latest distraction is COVID. Now, I know you're saying COVID's not a late, like this isn't the latest thing. This was happening. Sure. But at this point, we have seen, we had COVID forever. No one wanted to hear about it anymore. 
And now after kind of about a year of like, no more talk about COVID, it's coming back. It is back in a sense. And I do want to preface talking about COVID in this way. I do not believe that COVID is like a made up disease. I believe it's a real disease. I believe it came from China. And I believe it was greatly exacerbated by the efforts of the government, as well as uh, the media talking about it. Like, I don't believe the reality of it is as big as people say. Um, so I decided to do some research about COVID. I, I was hearing about it a little bit. So I decided to do more research on why, um, like what's happening with the variants. And basically what I found were the variants are very mild, which most health experts did agree on. But this says everything. I want, there was a Q&A article that I, re- I read between CBS and a scientist. And I want to read for you what this question said. It like stunned me. And many of you probably listening are like, how did you not know this, Josh? But I'm telling you, when I say that I was sick of COVID, that is not an overstatement. Like I, that is an understatement. I hated COVID. Everyone hated COVID, but especially me. I, I mean, I just hated it. I did not want to talk about it anymore. And so I've been kind of out of it. Like I really haven't been following this stuff. And this question stunned me. Uh, let me read it for you. This is what CBS said. The question was, will the fall 2023 COVID vaccine boosters work for new COVID variant COVID variants? Let me tell you the reason why I was surprised. The fall 2023 COVID vaccine boosters? What is that? What does that even mean? Like I thought, I didn't realize that this was like flu, like the flu all of a sudden. I didn't understand that there was a, I thought, here's what my understanding was. You get the vaccine, you get a booster. You have to get like, it's like it came in two parts or whatever. And then I remember, so that was like in the springtime. Then in the fall, there was like this booster, right? Now I got the vaccine, but when it came to the booster, I didn't get that because I was like, it doesn't matter. In, in hindsight, I wouldn't have gotten the vaccine, but my situation was kind of, special and and so i and so i did it there's a fall 2023 covid booster and so i looked it up like how many boosters have there been apparently the recommendation is that you should get a booster every six months okay that's more than the flu the flu is like every year and that's because it 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 changes every year this means i did the math this means that this is the seventh covid shot since it came out the seventh, or in other words, the sixth booster. That's crazy. And, and the reason why that's crazy is because what you heard back when COVID was actually a bigger thing and there were government lockdowns and masks and things like that was from the right, you were hearing people say, when are the boosters going to end? First off, we don't know what are in these boosters. We The, the long-term research on this is very limited. But what about the, there's going to be the fourth and the fifth and the 17th booster. And what you heard on the left was, that's ridiculous. We're just asking for two boosters and you, you know, you have to do it or you can't go to work. They are literally seven, there are seven shots now. What the, what people on the right were saying, what the Alex Jones were saying were literally true. And what's crazy about politics in America right now is it seems like these right-wing conspiracy theorists, which I am not, by the way, and I really don't listen to them or support them that much. But it sounds like more and more what they're saying is literally happening. And I wouldn't be surprised if there will be a 17th booster shot. There is a lot of research coming out right now. I'm not going to talk about it at length because a lot of it is highly skeptical. Um, a lot of it is, it, it's not credible enough for me to comfortably air it. But I do encourage people to go and do their own research on it. But there is re- research coming out right now about 
the vaccines and our understanding is that the risks for the vaccines are much higher than we had originally anticipated. Now, originally the anticipated risks were still very low. And so I'm not saying that they've gone from very low to high. I'm just saying they've gone from really, 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 really low to just really, really low. And, but I still think that's fair for the American public to know, which we did not. And we were actively forced to take the vaccine when we did not have enough information about it. Now, to be clear, as of now, COVID vaccines are still relatively safe. I support grandma and grandpa getting vaccines. I'm not anti-vax, um, but I don't believe that healthy kids, or excuse me, healthy adults or kids needed the vaccine. Uh, like I said, I regret getting it. Um, I'm not anticipating having weird long-term side effects from it. It's just, I feel like the government coerced me into doing it and that disappoints me. And basically the name at this point for me and what I, for everyone is that we have to fight back if this happens again. So from what the government officials, especially from the WHO and the CDC, which those are really the most like corrupt health agencies in the world. So that's why I cite them. According to them right now, it doesn't look like we're going to be going down into lockdowns and masks. And so I see a lot of people on the right who are like, it's COVID 2.0. It's happening again. They're going to take our rights. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that they know that people would push back too hard. It's too fresh on people's minds. Like they, they're people, the vast majority of people are not willing to go back to that world. Not right now, maybe in 20, 30 years right now, people are not willing to do it. I think it is more a strategy as a distraction against binomics, as well as the other policies that he is enacting. I don't believe there's another attempt at masking people. Um, I was in my travels, I was on a flight uh, just two days ago and the family in front of me all masked up. And it was crazy to me because it was, it was two adults and their kids, their kids were masked. They were masked. The adults did, they looked healthy to me and perhaps there's something I don't know about. And so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt in that way. But the kids were normal kids. I do not know why they were wearing masks. They have been totally sucked in to this false idea that masks are going to save them. But I think my problem with it is that it's deeper than that. It's not that the masks will save them. It's that the government will save them from this disease. That there's a disease. And if you listen and do exactly what the government tells you and you buy into this progressive cult, then you will be saved. And if you even disobey for a second, then you're screwed and your kids are screwed as well. So if this happens again, I'm not saying it is. I don't think it is going to happen. But if it were to happen, I have to fight the crap out of this. And you do too. We gave in so easily the first time. People gave in too easily. There were a few who didn't back down and they were really strong and that was good. But just like me, there were a lot of people out there who they saw it happen. They were confused. We hadn't had a pandemic like that in a long time. And they were willing to give up their rights way too easily and the freedoms that they enjoy, the way um, we, we live, the, our way of life. And it was a really bad two or three years and it cost us the presidency in 2020 because of such a, um, a bad distraction. People on the left will always say this. This is what kills me too. Like people on the left will always say it's for the greater good to have masks or to do lockdowns. It's for the greater good. It's because of the virus. Make no mistake. It is not because of the virus. It is because of the government. That is the biggest distinction. And this is kind of what irked me about seeing the family in, in front of me on the flight. The virus did not make them put their masks on. The virus did not shut down schools or churches. A virus cannot do that. It doesn't have a will. The government can, and the government did, and they will do it again if we don't um, 
fight back. If we don't show them that we're not okay with it. And I will say this, despite this kind of resurgence of COVID being a distraction, in my opinion, if the government thought that they could take power away from average citizens through this, they would. And I truly believe that they're not because they know that they've overstepped and that people are fed up. And so that, that's good on us. And, and we ought to, ought to voice that opinion. All right, guys, going to the second part of today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis looks good this week. This is very important. And again, I always highlight my biases. Guys, I like Ron DeSantis as a person. Okay. I like him as a person. I like him as a politician, not a Donald Trump guy. If that makes you want to turn this off right now, that's fine. But I'm trying to be fair to the situation. Ron DeSantis is sitting at second place. This is just an update on the 2024 election. He's sitting at second place with a 14.5% polling. That is according to 5038, or 538, excuse me, um, which kind of take all the polling and averages them out. So that is an average. And so he has they have him at second place, 14.5%. Ramaswamy is behind him at 8.9. So he's got a, a pretty commanding second place. And then of course, the person who has the really commanding first place is Donald Trump at about 51%. Okay, so much higher than Ron DeSantis. Just an update on that. Basically, what happened this week was a hurricane. This last week went through Florida, did significant damage. It was a Category 3 hurricane, but not as much damage as the hurricane last year. Last, Let me just point this out as well. Last year, Ron DeSantis handled the hurricane excellently. This year, the Wall Street Journal came out with an article called Hurricane DeSantis. And essentially, what the article talked about, it, basically the thesis of it was, DeSantis's marketing or personality may not matter if his executive prowess is so good. Essentially, DeSantis is a powerhouse executive. He handled this hurricane super well. Whenever a hurricane hits, DeSantis's approval rating skyrockets because he gets um, infrastructure up literally like 10 times faster than Democrat governors before him. He gets bridges up. He's got people ready to go. He's got uh, linemen who are fixing power lines. And he's just, he's a really good executive. He knows what he's doing. That's just kind of the operation side of like hurricane, things like that. But as well as a policymaker, he's very good at it. And so what the, the, what the Wall Street Journal was saying is if his executive talents are so good, his personality or his marketing or campaign team may be able to be carried by that executive if they're able to just communicate and show his resume to the American people. Now, I think this is true. Basically, DeSantis, in my opinion, is the best Republican executive in, in the world at this point. I mean, he took a purple, purple state, he's turned it red, he knows how to get very conservative things done in an area where it's more mixed. Rather than kind of towing the line like a lot of Republican governors, and even some Democrat governors do to win re-elections, they just go hard on conservative policies show people that they're awesome, and then they get much more votes. That's what happened to him in uh, 2000, 2022 as opposed to 2018 when he won barely. He has a 54% approval rating in Florida. This event, this hurricane, the way he handled it is a huge win for DeSantis because all over the internet, what you're seeing right now is DeSantis helping Floridians on the ground, making things happen. He's very good at this in his Twitter. This is like his good marketing thing. Like he's everywhere. He's in all these cities. He's meeting with people. He's handing out food. You see him and you're like his culture and his personality of charity is there. People know it. They like it. They know he he's a veteran. It's really good. 
what he's worse at is actually being in front of the media and connecting with voters online, which is where most people are. And so it's hard to access enough voters in person. I think I believe wholeheartedly that the in-person, and this goes for most candidates, but especially for DeSantis, if you're in person with DeSantis and you have an interaction with him, you're going to vote for him. It just is the way it is. I think that's a, in large part the reason why he gained so many votes in 2022. He was a really active governor. He met a lot of his state and they were like, well, we like this guy. We're going to vote for him, especially the people in Miami, a lot of the Cubans. The problem with that is, is he's only in Florida for the most part. He does campaigning around, but he's mostly in Florida because he's still a governor. And I commend him, by the way, for being a governor, despite being in a presidential race. But Governor DeSantis needs to connect with people online better. That, that I mean, if he can do that, there's a really good shot that when the other people drop out, he'll take all their votes and be neck and neck with Trump. Trump has 51% of the vote. 49-51, that's pretty dang close. You get a couple good debate highlights, you, you might actually have a shot. He needs to find a way to communicate his executive resume to America because right now they like Trump and Ramaswamy who just talk about great ideas. That's what Trump and Ramaswamy do. They talk about really good ideas. They talk about things that they want to do. But here's the clincher, and this is something that other people have pointed out. Ron DeSantis has all of that. He talks about them, but his marketing's not as good. But his resume shows that not only does he know what's awesome and what conservative voters want, but he actually knows how to do it in a very practical sense. And he can do it in a divided place, which was Florida, just like America is today. So for that very reason, I think Ron DeSantis can be really strong if he can get his marketing together, if he can use this hurricane, ironically, to kind of propel him forward in this campaign. He may pick up some percentage points as other people drop out. Another update on election 2024, um, the Miami mayor, Suarez, uh, did drop out of the race and he basically had zero percent of the vote so it's not like his voters are going to really go anywhere if they're going to go somewhere no question they're going with ron santis because they're probably living in miami so they like him already so no question i mean you might get you, see, you might see a couple point you know 0.2 percent jump for ron santis but that's just an update on the election we will see what happens with ron santis as we get closer we're going to see more and more people drop out and we'll see if that vote goes towards donald trump or Ron, or maybe even Vivek Ramaswamy. As always, guys, thank you so much for watching this episode of The Josh Carr Show. Again, go check out gulagamerica.com for great apparel, especially hoodies as we go into pumpkin spice latte season. Thanks, guys.